This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller writers in conversation about women who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Kristen Lepianca, and I'm here with Lane Fargo. Hello. It's been a while since we have all been together and talking to the world. We took a little bit of time off around the holidays, and now we're back. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you been up to anything promising? Uh... Like, the main thing that I did over the holidays was I started taking antidepressants. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, welcome to the club. Let me tell you. (laughs) There are so many things that I was just like, that's my personality. I'm just like a negative bitch all the time. I'm like, that's just who I am. And now that I started taking antidepressants, there are like so many things that I'm reevaluating where I'm like, oh, I like feel happiness, just like pure joy sometimes. Like, what the fuck? Who knew? <laughs> I didn't know. Yes. So um, thank you, pharmaceuticals. Anyway, yes. highly recommend antidepressants to everyone. <laughs> yes, that's a it's, it's a, a shocking revelation when you realize like, oh, things I thought were my personality were just like manifestations of my brain being broken. Cool. Uh huh. <laughs> and now I'm like, how did I go through nearly two years of a pandemic and, and the rest of my life up to that point without antidepressants? What was I thinking, Kristen? <laughs> I, I could not tell you, but I'm, I'm very glad that you have seen the light and you have joined the, the medicated club. Uh, yes. So <laughs> excellent. Happy to be here. <laughs> life changing. I'm also yes. like, I'm getting so much more writing done. And I feel like everything I was working on for the past couple years, it's like that that meme of Adam Scott from Parks and Rec, like, could a depressed person make this? Like, that's what I think when I look back at those manuscripts. I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) I love that meme. That, like, that's, it's such a good one. That's like all of us in these times. What about you? I know you have a new addition to your family, yes? I do, yes. We have a new kitty. Her name is Salsa. She is extremely sweet. She is polydactyl, so she has seven toes on one of her front paws and six on the other. Um, She is like, she is a very striking color. She's sort of like a a gray and orange tabby, but like very dilute. So like she blends into beige surfaces. (laughs) 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 so you have one void cat and one beige cat (laughs) yes uh but she is she is a delight um we're very very happy to have her our um our elderly cat snapple crossed the rainbow bridge 
on Christmas Day, sadly. Um, and Snapple, you might recall from the episode about, I think it was the Woman in the Window movie where Snapple was screaming her head off. Um, um, on the final girl one, too, she had a lot <laughs> of like points to make and we will miss her contributions to the podcast yes. greatly. <clears throat> yes, Snapple always had a lot to say when I was podcasting. Uh, Salsa so far is a very quiet cat. She doesn't really make any sounds, uh, except <laughs> except the sound of like knocking things over. Um, sure. When she, but like that's just a given. Um, <clears throat> but we're so happy to have have her and be able to give her home because she is very sweet and very precious. And it's absolutely shocking that she was in that shelter for like even <clears throat> a single day before someone snatched her up. I just don't understand. Well, she's waiting um, for you. Yeah, I was meant to be serendipity. And also, may I say, you are amazing at naming cats. Like, <laughs> <laughs> such good names. Snapple, Salsa, Spencer. I mean, I got all the S names. But they're, like, so yeah, cute. <laughs> I don't know why we like S names for cats. We just do. Um, we also had a cat a, a while ago named Starfish. Uh, so <laughs> S, names is, S names for cats is our jam, I guess. Love it. Uh, <laughs> but, yes, Salsa is settling in very nicely. And she's wonderful. Well, you should put a picture of her on the podcast social media because I have gotten to see a picture and she is very pretty. Made me squeal very loud when I thought. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> her little paws with her little mitten thumbs. Oh, it's so cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, speaking of the woman in the window. <clears throat> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our topic today. Let me see if I can get this right. At least this one time. We are going to talk about the Netflix limited series, the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window starring Kristen Bell. <laughs> Even the title is a masterpiece. It's incredible. I keep saying it like all the wrong different ways, but I think that is the correct title. I wrote it down. I believe, so. I believe that is correct. Okay. <laughs> so this is a series that is basically a send up of all of these like like the woman in the window sort of domestic suspense about a woman who like witnesses a crime, but no one believes her because she's like an unreliable crazy bitch. Yes. <laughs> so what did you what did you think of the show? What were your what were your impressions, Kristen? Okay, well, f- well, I think first we should talk about how um, it is absolutely shocking that it seems not everyone realized that it was meant to be a send up of these things. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> um so it's like based on the title alone, it should be dead fucking obvious that yeah. this is <laughs> this is a parody. Like I can't I like I can't even imagine what it must be like to be inside of a brain that hears that title and is like, "Ooh, that sounds suspenseful. I would like to watch that." Like you don't watch it because you're like, "Ooh, I think that sounds like a good thriller." Like obviously it is a parody. Oh my god. But <clears throat> there are it is absolutely staggering if you check out reviews online, the things that people like obviously didn't get. Like and even even people who claim to have understood that it was meant to be a dark comedy still don't get it. Like, they're like, for a dark comedy, it doesn't make any sense. It wasn't very funny. It's like, well, you have to know the reference material. It's not going (laughs) to be funny if you don't understand what it's parodying. But, like, when you you do understand that, it's just, like, a pure love letter. (laughs) Yeah, I... Um, noticed when the trailer came out and the trailer was super over the top like even before you saw the title it was like so clearly like the tone of it was was a parody it was comedic but the trailer came out and the responses from people outside of like the crime writing community and like people who really read a lot of these books was like didn't Netflix already make this and it was <laughs> the woman in the window they're just like ripping off AJ <laughs> Finn's work and I'm like okay if we want to talk about derivative work in AJ right. Finn like we don't have time for that right. <laughs> 
we kind of already did talk about that on this show. Yes. <laughs> so they're like, oh, they're running out of ideas. They're just like copying things they already did. <laughs> Which, I will say, yeah. though, I think it's <laughs> some of the even though this was like very over the top in a lot of ways, uh, it, it also kind of played it straight. Sometimes it surprised me how like straight faced some of it was as I was watching it. I expected it to be a little more over the top even than it was based yeah, on the trailer. It, it was it was pretty dry, which I actually really enjoy. Like, I, yeah, that's the kind of humor that I prefer in general to like, like goofy, like pratfall humor. It, like it wasn't it wasn't full of like super obvious over-the-top ridiculous jokes but there were there were plenty of ridiculous things of course we will talk about all of them (laughs) (laughs) yes but it was like a bit more sly than Mm -hmm. the trailer perhaps hinted yeah and i think it's this is really like the niche audience for this is like disaffected crime writers and like yes we are the audience (laughs) (laughs) yes i don't like i don't know if i don't know if like non-crime writers are going to enjoy it the same way that we do um or readers i mean i think like if you've read a lot of these books and you're familiar with the tropes but like for us as crime writers who are we're so familiar with these tropes to the point that we're like sick of them and ready to see them lampooned yes (laughs) in this way um uh yeah it incredible (laughs) i don't even know where to start i wrote down i was just like cackling the whole time and like writing down all of these these lines they're like so such like (laughs) ridiculous over-the-top lines in her narration yes Uh, (laughs) like the first one i wrote down was when the past is so present how can there be a future (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there there was another one that was something like if you don't risk something you might end up losing everything (laughs) <laughs> that one like went on forever it had like yeah. a bunch of was, like but if you do risk then blah 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 yeah oh my goodness oh my goodness so yeah the main character uh played by Kristen bell whose name her character's name is anna which is even better since that's yes. the name of the character in the woman in the window like they're yes. not even trying to she's like suffered a tragedy and she is in her house all the time drinking ridiculous amounts of wine and staring out the window at the neighbors and making casseroles. But then she forgets to put on her like oven mitts and touches the casserole dish and has like a flashback <laughs> to her tragic past and drops the casserole dish on the floor. Yes. <laughs> that happens like a million times. Yes. And she, so she's like, she like stays at home because not because she is agoraphobic. Yes. She has a fear of the rain. Anytime that it rains, it, like the rain comes on extremely suddenly it's just like an instant downpour and she's <laughs> caught completely off guard and she like passes out in the street and um like i i would like to think that this is like i don't know what was in the writer's hearts regarding this this particular phobia but like i really want it to be a play on the fact that in the woman from the window so she has this debilitating agoraphobia that kicks in for plot related reasons, but otherwise she's like totally fine. If people just drop by her house, like she's <laughs> totally fine. Uh, so like with this rain phobia, like she's pretty much fine, except it rains and then she passes out. And it's, it's pretty great. Which I'm like, if you're afraid of the rain, why would you not flee the rain? Instead she passes out. So the rain continues to soak her. Yes. She's just like prone. It's always like in the middle of the street and she's like, yes. reaching, like help me save me from the rain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it took me a couple episodes to notice that the like theme music when they show the title is rain rain go away. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's like this very eerie like 
with like these weird bells, like <laughs> the rain, rain, go away me- melody. It's so good. This is a serious suspense series. How could people? Right? <laughs> just, it's so it's so ridiculous. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, like on the, t- the on the title card of the show, the title takes up like three entire lines. Like obviously, mm-hmm. this is a parody. Yeah, I just cannot yes. understand how anyone doesn't get that. <laughs> it's just I, <laughs> I just don't understand. Okay, so she is this tragic housebound casserole making wine drinking sad sack uh who Mm -hmm. looks out the window constantly and some new neighbors move in across the street which sort of is the inciting incident for all of this uh a handsome dad and his young daughter Mm -hmm. um and anna has like what she thinks is a connection with him then it turns out that he has a girlfriend and so she's like oh sad but then uh, she is gazing out the window one evening and she sees the girlfriend in the window, uh, like standing there clutching her neck. She's spurting blood. <laughs> it's very, it's very gruesome. <laughs> and then she like reaches towards the window, like help, help me! and then falls. And all the other time she's watching the girlfriend through the window, she's wearing this like pink push up bra. And she's like on the exercise bike with her boobs. bouncing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> how we know she's like the slutty one right where Anna's just wearing like beige sacks all the time did you notice like everything she's wearing is beige her furniture is beige so when she spills wine on it it's like red everywhere and she was even in one scene wearing a color blocked sweater that was all different shades of beige yes (laughs) yes in my house we refer to when we see uh wardrobe choices like that on on tv we refer to that as the depression sweater (laughs) which the title came about because we we did a rewatch of the show ER like two years ago. And anytime someone was going through a hard time, they were just like that character was constantly depicted in like a, like a cable knit beige chunky sweater (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) So beige equals depression sweater. Perfect. Um, Yes. And so she, uh, she contacts the police because she believes she's just witnessed a murder. uh, And of course she is not believed Mm-hmm. And hilarity ensues. I don't know how much. I mean, this isn't really the kind of show you watch for the incredible plot twists. So we can probably spoil it all up. Yeah, I was thinking we should just spoil it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah this isn't. There are like a few sort of plot twists. But again, they're the kind of thing that if you are familiar with this genre at all, you're like, oh, it's this. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it's still very fun to watch it unfold. So, yes, if you would like to be, like, pristine and unspoiled, I guess, like, come back later. Because we're probably going to start talking about spoiling some things. Um, we might keep we might keep a few a few secrets. I don't know. Yes. I mean, I will say, like, you meet the guy across the street. And, yeah, he's, like, this handsome single dad who, like, lost his wife in some tragic way. And immediately you're like, oh, he killed his wife. Right. And it doesn't go there, which I kind of was like, well, that's too obvious. It can't be that um but i was he did seem like a very suspicious character and i was especially suspicious of him because did you check when uh, did you notice when anna looks at his instagram his entire bio it just says girl Girl dad Dad. (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm like that's a psychopath right there yes there are some like super super funny just like little jokes like that in this show that like you could easily miss yeah, but, like I at one point she's um she's like stalking the social media of 
of the husband and or the the neighbor and his girlfriend and there's this guy named Rex who keeps liking all of the girlfriend's posts so Anna is like stalking his Instagram and his bio says something like can't stop hustling gotta love the hustle hashtag hustle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then he's a male stripper yes <laughs> shows up later <laughs> that getting ahead of ourselves a little here but that sex scene between them was so insane oh my god when he's like fucking her and her heads in the bowl of like yeah. wine corks that have been piling up for the whole yes <laughs> so good I was like laughing at that sex scene until the shot where um, she is like straddling him and he's doing like a squat against the wall. I was like, you know what? That's impressive. I'm going to give you that one. I'm impressed. Yeah. That takes some strength. (laughs) But the rest of it is just ridiculous. They're like fucking on the stairs and they're fucking on the counter and they're fucking in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very well done. But um, in addition to like those Instagram bios, there are also like a lot of funny little details like there are she's she's reading a thriller that's called like the girl in the lake or something it's like the woman across the lake yeah so like they there's like these titles like that then um anna this main character her profession is an artist oh yeah let's talk about that (laughs) (laughs) and so when they show her studio with which has all of these like giant bizarre very rudimentary looking floral paintings mm-hmm. that she does. Um, there's like, she has all of these books that are like, you too can be an artist. You can be an artist also. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I found that so funny, but at, at one point she's um, reupholstering her chair that she had spilled wine on and she's consulting a book called you too can be an upholsterer. Must be a good book because she does it in like two seconds and it looks yes. the same as it did before. So yep. Yep. I need that book. No, but the whole artist thing is so funny. Like she has a friend who works at an art gallery and is constantly like showing up trying to get her to paint again. She's like, Anna, Anna, you have to paint again. You're so talented. <laughs> and then her paintings look like they're from like fucking home goods, like the reject yes. pile at home goods. They're yes. so bad. Yes. Or like they're like just like like a paint by number kit that you bought at Michael's. It's like yeah. Big sort of cartoony flowers like Anna you're too talented you can't stop painting (laughs) (laughs) oh also one of the lines I wrote down from the first episode is uh, a like neighbor woman is trying to set Anna up on a date and she says you're too cute to stay sad forever yeah (laughs) which is kind of the like narrative arc of so many of these yes like you just gotta put makeup and heels on and you'll be okay girl like yeah don't worry about the tragedy in your past (laughs) Oh, wait, can we talk about the tragedy yes, in her past? The amazing tragedy in her past, yes. <laughs> that so, probably got the biggest laugh out of me. Oh, my God, this, I know. This thing. So uh, she, Anna is, um, she had a daughter who mm-hmm. died tragically. And it's sort of like, uh, if, like if, you, if you recall in The Woman in the Window, her, her daughter and husband died in a car accident. So it yeah. was like a very sort of pedestrian <laughs> way to die. Um, but <laughs> and in in uh, this thrilling series, it's sort of early hinted on that her phobia of the rain is related to her daughter's death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turns out that it was indeed raining on that day. But, but. the rain <laughs> is not why her daughter died. So her husband, who's a forensic psychologist with the FBI, uh, took their daughter to work for Take Your Daughter to Work Day. Um, to a prison where he was interviewing a serial killer slash cannibal. 
Uh, for some reason, he left her unattended with the cannibal, uh, and she was eaten. <laughs> By Massacre Mike. By Massacre Mike. Who would have thought that if you leave your child alone with Massacre Mike, something bad would happen? Indeed. <laughs> it's, like, such a funny reveal. Like... <laughs> Well, because the way that they roll it out is so good. Like the way that it's paced almost. It's like yes. they get in the car and it starts raining. Like again, one of those sudden downpours. And she goes and gets her daughter an umbrella and hands it to her. And I'm like, oh, they're going to get in a car accident. And the daughter's yep. like impaled with the umbrella. And that's why she hates the rain. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, it was take your daughter to work day. And my husband was a forensic psychologist in the serial killer unit. <laughs> and then it's like him with the little girl walking through the prison. <laughs> And you're like, oh, God, are they really going there? And then they do. Yeah. This is something, though, where I've seen people on Twitter, again, like non-crime writer people were all like twisted motherfuckers, but um, normal people (laughs) have been like, they're like, is this supposed to be funny? And people are like, yeah, it's a parody. And they're like, I don't find it very funny to joke about a little girl being eaten by a serial killer. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I do, Karen. So I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Oh, my God. not a real child calm down (laughs) right everybody just relax it's just like so so the daughter is eaten by massacre mike uh after that uh they divorce so Uh but (laughs) twist (laughs) her husband is still her therapist and there are all these scenes where she's talking to him on the phone and we like don't know that it's the same guy and she like we see the phone and it just says therapist on it so she has her husband's contact information <laughs> saved un- under therapist amazing yes it's pretty amazing oh oh also the little girl's uh gravestone keeps changing every oh time she yes. goes to the graveyard which was your favorite um i really enjoyed there's no eye in heaven that is the best one I think that's why they <laughs> saved it for last yeah <laughs> there's no eye in heaven <laughs> Oh, I just want to watch this all again. I know. Oh my god, we like we like crushed it in a few hours on Saturday night, uh, and it was just like it's so fun because it's like eight episodes, but they're half an hour long. It's very very watchable. Mm-hmm. I will say though, I feel like this would have been more effective in a sharper satire if it had been just like a movie, like two hours yeah. instead of like them trying to stretch it out over that amount of time. I think. They maybe it was like they were trying to have it both ways. It was like they wanted it to be this parody and they also wanted it to be somewhat of a credible mystery. Like if you wanted to watch sort of a Lifetime movie sort of style thing. And in doing so, they didn't like quite succeed at either. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 It it would have been like tighter if it had just been like two hours and out. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I also kind of like that they stretched it out because... Lord knows the woman in the window is unnecessarily long as fuck. Yeah. I mean, I would watch infinite hours of this, but like just for <laughs> everyone yes. else. Another thing I wanted to talk about is when Anna's doing research, like trying to do- investigate what's going on, she types these like super common names into Google or Instagram and it like immediately pops up yes. as the person she's looking for. And every time she's like, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then she like digs a little deeper and she's like, bingo like she just keeps saying it it's so funny yeah i wish we could get away with that in our books like they just immediately find the information they need bingo yes. no yes. problem on to the next scene right We're done i love that um like her ex-husband is very obviously like responsible for all of these terrible things that have happened to her like <laughs> her daughter being eaten as her therapist she's like horribly over medicated 
mm-hmm. which he tells her that she's on like a dose that it sounds like it would probably kill you immediately of of something. <laughs> He's like, I probably should just have put you on Wellbutrin. Sorry, yeah. babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love antidepressants, but like <laughs> prescribe responsibly. Right. Exactly. Uh, there's like this um, supporting character who's sort of like a neighborhood handyman who is like fixing their mailbox for basically the entire movie. It has been for years prior, apparently, because when she asks her husband about him, she's like, was there anything you didn't tell me about him when you hired him to fix our mailbox all those years ago? Yes. <laughs> yes. And he's like, it turns out that this handyman was a former patient of of the ex-husband. So he has like a background as a sociopathic murderer uh-huh. or something. Uh, but you the, might I, mention that to your wife. Yeah, but, you know. I think that's probably worth worth telling. But I love how. She says, like, the mailbox is still not fixed. And he's like, what? (laughs) He spends eight hours a day on it (laughs) for years. What's wrong with this mailbox? And then it turns out that he's, like, living in her attic. And it's so, so basically the the ex-husband is, like, the actual worst. Yeah. Doing all of these terrible things. But it's, like, I don't know. I feel like that is also something highly mockable about a lot of domestic thrillers where there's just like these men who are just like not even the villains but they're just like they're just terrible i mean that's just life (laughs) that's true (laughs) well we talked about that when we i think we talked about baby teeth by zoya stage where like that's one where the little girl is a sociopath and is supposedly kind of the villain but like really the husband is the villain Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it's his fault because his name is alex (laughs) fuck alex (laughs) fuck that guy Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's often like these men who, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast, but I'm going to say it. I feel like a lot of women who maybe read these books uh, who are like drawn to this sort of like, what's wrong in the suburbs? And can I trust my husband sort of thing? Like, don't catch those red flags in <laughs> men's behavior. I mean, I've seen yeah. this even like with my books, I've gotten all these reviews about like the psychopathic director and temper where they're like, well, what did he do that was so bad, really? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't have time to explain this to you. Right? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> like, it worries me. Like, we're so socialized not to see these red flags in men. So right. we have these male characters who are supposedly kind of heroic or like not the bad guy like you say and they're actually the worst the true villain yeah it's it's really disturbing actually when you think about it it. is like it's it's funny because it's true Mm -hmm. yes well i'll say when the trailer for this came out i had a couple reactions like one of which was just that it looked hilarious and i couldn't wait to watch it but my other response was this like bone deep relief of like finally we've reached peak like what's wrong in the suburbs domestic suspense (laughs) they're making fun of it in an eight episode show on netflix like it is that's it like we're done with this we can do something else in crime fiction because all the tropes are so like well known now it just like that was so popular for such a long time and now i'm like okay we've reached the peak like let's move on yes i agree it's like time to to usher in a new thing that we can eventually parody mm-hmm. yes yes it's um it's also kind of like it's like when you find out that like there's like, this person you hate and you find out that someone else you know also hates them <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, yeah it's like, so satisfying it's it's like that but for the woman in the window like obviously aj finn and his book live rent free in our heads like it's 
we have a problem here. We really mm-hmm. hate this guy in this book. But, yes, <laughs> but we it's do. also like it's just so gratifying that like other people get it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have to think about it so much if it wasn't like every fucking airport I go to. There's like a million copies of it, and it's like on the bestseller list forever. Like it won't go away. So I have to yeah. keep thinking about it. Yeah, that's you're true. right, though. We should stop paying attention to him. I mean, I will say like I've read plenty of domestic suspense books that I really enjoyed. Like there are a lot of great ones out there that are not the woman in the window. Um, but it yes. does just seem like it's reached this saturation point because there were so many. I mean, particularly if we're going to bring up Gone Girl again, but like particularly <laughs> after Gone Girl, which was sort of a subversive domestic suspense thing. Yes. So it was like already reacting to something at that time. And that was what, like almost 10 years ago now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> So there are all these things trying to be the next gone girl. And then like that creates this expectation with publishers. They want books about marriages and books about And that's just not, that's not what I want to write. And like most of the writers that I'm close with, like we want to write things that are maybe in more like the workspace or talking about friendship or talking about. So I'm just excited to see us like as a crime writing community, as readers move on from this, not that there won't still be some domestic suspense, but maybe just like the great ones can rise to the top and there won't be like a million shitty imitators. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely think that would be a good thing for all writers and readers of the genre. Mm -hmm. But for real though, how did this get made? Like I just, it's like just for us and somehow they put it on Netflix. How Kristen? It's like, it's like the, (laughs) the target market for people who are truly going to appreciate it is very narrow. And I'm Mm -hmm. so glad that, that they finally spoke directly to us and I Mm -hmm. really appreciate it, but I don't know how it got made considering that it seems like so many people are just deeply confused by this. Like they either don't get that it's a parody or they understand that it's supposed to be a comedy, but they don't really understand what it's making fun of, which I Mm -hmm. like, I don't understand how you can even just be a person who is, ever owned a television and not understand because even aside from all of these books and the woman in the window and like this is the the formula for lifetime movies from like way back Mm -hmm. like how how have you not experienced like the serious version of this trope at some point how have you not been exposed to it it seems utterly impossible to me Um, i don't know but somehow somebody managed it I don't even know what it would be like to watch this and like not understand what it was making fun of. Like it would just seem bad, right? Like it would just seem like really, really stupid. Well, (laughs) I have a review that I would like to read you from uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Ah, please do. Maybe the worst Netflix show I've ever watched. And that's saying something is 80% of Netflix content is filler. I was shocked (laughs) to find out this was a spoof slash comedy show. It's so unfunny. I was convinced this was just terrible writing. After watching and realizing they were going for a spoof, I'd argue the writing is even worse as it missed on every level. My lord, <laughs> this was a waste of time. Wow. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it seems like life must be so confusing for a person like that. Like, <laughs> uh, did they watch all of it? Like, that's my question, too. It's like, I could see you turn it on and you're like, I don't really get this. And you turn it off. But like, if you watched all of it and still don't. I mean, I kind of think the my lord was this a waste of time sort of indicates that they may have indeed watched all of it. Four hours of their life, they're never getting back. But it's like, I, I just can't even imagine what it would like seem like. It would, I guess it wouldn't make any sense and it would just seem like bad and weird, but mm-hmm. I don't know how you can like not get it because this, this trope is so ubiquitous. 
she drops like three casserole dishes in one episode like yeah. this is not serious <laughs> oh and in the first episode too she's like she keeps having these visions of her daughter and then her daughter's like mommy i can't give you a hug because i'm dead and then she's anna's like how do i keep forgetting that yes (laughs) i don't know some people just can't appreciate hilarious things i guess i mean it is i was surprised how i don't it feels wrong to use the word subtle because it's not it's not (laughs) subtle but it was it was sly like you said it's a that's a good way of putting it it's a little like yeah it's like a lower key kind of comedy like almost like british in a way yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i would would agree with that like they so they have like it's obviously a very it's like a ridiculous premise but within that from like scene to scene the the parody is it is very like dry and low-key which like i feel like that's probably harder to do well than to just make the, it this slapstick you know mm-hmm. scary movie type parody yeah but it obviously confuses people <laughs> i'm just so happy that it exists though like <sighs> me too and it's been number one on netflix for a few days now so people are watching it and the end of it kind of teases a possible season two oh which God. when i was watching it i was like there's no way they could make another season of this but then the way they set up in the last scene i was like okay you know what <laughs> I'm yes. interested. Yes, the way that they set up the last scene is sort of like um, the girl in Cabin 10. Parody. The woman in Cabin 10. The woman in Cabin 10. Oh, but she's reading a book. She's like on a plane and she's reading a book that's called The Girl on the Cruise. Yes. yes. And she says a line that is our friend Hallie's favorite line. She told me, which is they offer her wine on the plane. And she's like, no, thank you. I don't drink wine anymore. I'll have a vodka. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. And I, I I was, as we were watching this, the the woman who sits next to her on the plane, who is like the potential source of a season two drama is Glenn Close, which oh is my just God, I know. so amazing. Like she appeared and I was like, oh my God, is that Glenn Close? And I'm like, why would she do this? I but also know. now I want to watch like another season of this with Glenn Close. I know. I watch anything she does. Yes, for sure. It was just like, it was just, it was wonderful. Well, we're here for season two. We're ready. <laughs> yes, we are. We are ready. We will take the advanced copies. Um, just help spread the word, Netflix, just so you know. Uh-huh. Does Netflix do that? I don't know. They probably do. <laughs> I assume they do, right? Like, I think they do it digitally, but yeah. Like, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yes. That's what I want. I want to be like a advanced copies from Netflix level podcast. Let's manifest that in the oh new year. Oh my God. Yes. Let's let's make that happen. Okay. Well, we may not be at the like Netflix calling us level yet, but we do have a lot of incredible author interviews coming up in the next few episodes. So on our next episode, we'll be talking to Bethany Morrow about her new book, Cherished Farah, And then we'll be talking to Kelly Garrett, a uh, friend of the podcast that we all know from Pitch Wars yes. about her new book, Like a Sister. And I think it's early April. We'll be uh, airing an episode with Tara Isabella Burton, who is the author of our fave social creature. And she yes. has a new one coming out as well. So we are so excited to talk to all of all of these authors and yes. uh, we hope you'll tune in. That's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe, and you can also follow us on Twitter at UnlikableFCPod for updates, 
book recommendations, and angry feminist rants. Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com, and we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening. Thank you.